following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. Welcome into a hump day edition of Main Street Sports. Today on the program, we'll be joined by a regular Wednesday guest, Miss Heather Williams, WCYB TV from Bristol, Tennessee, or Virginia, depending on which side you, you live on. That's coming up. Also, uh, we'll talk about uh, the Braves, uh, our daily Braves segment. Preds took one on the chin last night. Really, the starting goalie took one on the chin last night. Uh, the Grizzlies, Jotastic. I just made that up, Chris. John Morant was impressive last night, 47, in a Game 2 win against the Golden State Warriors series tied at 1. We'll talk about that. Plenty of college sports and college football in particular. Some news and notes and a much overdue wild and wacky Wednesday. It is the hump day edition of Main Street Sports Today. J.P. Plant. The Sundrop Kid from Alabama, Chris Yao, Mo Patton on vacation, enjoying life, we hope. We'll uh, see him uh, back next week. Chris, happy Wednesday to you. Oh, I just wanted to join Mo for a minute. Well done. Well done. <laughs> well. <laughs> I just, I thought his shades were so nice. I thought I'd get in on the action there. <laughs> oh, man. Hope you Good guys job. are having a fantastic Wednesday as we get over hump day on the other side of us we will be that much closer to the back side of the week and that's where we want to be top story today jp comes from the opening kickoff in the national football league because they have announced starting times and locations and teams that will be playing in their international games okay and they've expanded that this year right they have, in fact, we're, we'll play, I think, three games in London, uh, one game in Munich, and one in Mexico City. Okay. So, New Orleans Saints will face the Minnesota Vikings on October 2nd in London, and the Packers will take on the New York Football Giants on the 9th at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and the Jacksonville Jaguars will play the Denver Broncos at Wembley Stadium on October 30th. Okay. The Cardinals and 49ers will play November 21st on Monday Night Football in Estadio Azteca Estadio. in Mexico City. Yes. The last time they tried that, you know, the, they had to move it to California because the field wasn't – capable of handling the, the football game yeah they had some, but, uh, some turf turf <laughs> issues i believe and uh i, I it right. appears the nfl has has gone in and invested more just within the whole mexico thing and apparently based on watching the nfl draft uh the arizona cardinals are mexico's adopted nfl team i believe it's going to be a home game for the cardinals and so they announced a couple of draft picks from mexico city so hopefully uh <laughs> The the investment will be there. Uh, I doubt the NFL will allow that to happen a second time. Yeah, no, I don't think so either. Um, the Seahawks, who will, again, they will play, um, let's see, the Seahawks will play, I think, Tampa Bay. 
I'm trying to I'm trying to find I don't see it anywhere, but I, I know that's where the the Munich game is. Okay. Yep. I it's, saw that run across today. Yeah, Tampa Bay, but I, I for some reason it doesn't have that. Oh no, there it is. Okay, it's the first <laughs> sentence. That game will be played at eight thirty Central Time on November thirteenth. What do you think about? Oh, eight thirty a.m. By the way, eight thirty a.m. Eight thirty a.m. on, on a Sunday. Sunday morning. Okay. How do you feel about Sunday morning NFL football? Well, they've been doing it for years in London. It's not. I mean, but how do you feel about it? How do I feel? I it, I could take it or leave it. Uh, I'm probably. I, I'm not a. I'm not an NFL fan. I'm a Tennessee Titans fan. Um, I'm a playoff. Good thing you said that when Mo's not here. Yeah, I'm a playoff fan for almost any sport. I'll watch playoffs. I don't watch a whole lot of regular season sports other than college football. Uh, maybe a little college basketball, but college football, indeed. Everything else is playoffs for me uh, in terms of what my viewing habits are. So in terms of the morning, unless unless the Titans are playing, I could take it or leave it. So it, it doesn't disrupt. I would rather the Titans not play because I have regular Sunday morning obligations, and if they're playing at that time, I would um, I would be be missing the game so <laughs> i don't know i i, I kind of like getting up early at eight you know i feel like living on the west coast for college football fans would be the best yeah. because you wake up at you know you can wake up at nine in the morning and, the game's bed, playing. and it's in your face it's in <laughs> I mean, your it's face like, hey yep let's go we, we we've we've barely got breakfast made and they're kicking off you know old miss and and vanderbilt you know, it's it's pretty awesome. Why you gotta go there? Why you gotta go well, there? Brun- brunch mean, every- with the Commodores? I mean, come on. Well, everybody plays eleven a.m. kicks now. I mean, it's it used to be a problem. Now yep. there's so many networks. Like everybody does it. It's eleven a.m. is just is just another time. It's not the bad game of the yeah. day. It's even just Alabama another plays time. every once yeah. in a while. Yeah. So Despite you know, it, Nick Saban's <laughs> pushback on. Yeah. But yeah, you wake up at nine, and then mm-hmm. you're you're watching football till ten at night, and you don't have to stay up until two to watch it. That's true. You know, that is true. with us, we've got to stay up till midnight, <clears throat> one yeah. o'clock to to finish out the day. So, yeah, to me, I think it's pretty cool. Anyway, uh, they will play five. Is that five games yeah, internationally but, this year? So yeah, three London, one Germany, one Mex- Mexico, right? That's right. So should be a lot of fun for the NFL. I will watch some of them. But uh, I'll watch to see anyway, what the Germany looks like. I've seen uh, I've let, seen London, you know, uh, somewhat seen Mexico City, but I'll watch it because it's been a couple of years. And France. Uh, and where? France. You've seen London. You've seen France. Oh, yes. Uh, but I have to know. I'll, I'll let <laughs> you seen finish that. you underpants. Uh-huh, I'll let you finish that one. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, man. But, take you anywhere. I, I like it. You, you really can. Yeah. <laughs> you really can. Uh, what I am going to do, though, is ask you to tell me what happened yesterday in uh, in the sports world and tell me what's coming up today on the schedule, if you don't mind giving me today's rundown. This is The Rundown. All righty, here we go. We've got uh, baseball from yesterday. Brentwood over Smyrna, 14-6. It was Gallatin, 14-2 over Clarksville Northwest. Mount Juliet shutting out Cookville, 10-0. Eagleville, 10-7 over Community. East Robertson doubled up by Portland, 4-2. Fairview over East Hickman, 16-6. It was Dixon County, 4-2 over Greenbrier. Independence, 5-2 over Oakland. Hendersonville, 12-4 over Overton. Over Overton. 
There you go. Greedy Hill falls to Lebanon, 8-2 the final there. Lipscomb Academy, 6-3 over Brentwood Academy. NBA 9-2 winners over Innsworth. Clarksville bested McCracken County, Kentucky. Honorary TSSAA member, 4-3 the final mm-hmm. there. Uh, they're, they're in our, at least three times a week, they're in our rundown. Oh, yeah. At least. <clears throat> All the time. They're, they're in there as many as some of our Tennessee schools. Murfreesboro Central Magnet, <laughs> 6. MLK, 1. Pope John Paul II over Father Ryan, 3-1 to one in a uh, big Irish Bowl there. Um, classic series, whatever you want to call it. Riverside Christian, 14-4 over Zion Christian. Station Camp 2-1 over Upperman. Softball yesterday, Siegel over Blackman, 8-1. to one. Community and Columbia, they tied. How are we getting all these ties? Probably in? weather. I guess weather, so. I'm sure. Yeah, we did have some rain. I got a, story, I got a story to tell you about rain <laughs> awesome. later on today. If, uh, if we we'll get to about that at halftime. <laughs> Columbia Academy, 1-0 over Good Pasture. DCA, 17-1 over Davidson Academy. Wilson Central, 6-1 over Greenbrier. Friendship Christian, 11-2 over Middle Tennessee Christian. Rockville Big over Oakland, 16-3. Stewart's Creek with a pair of wins over Cane Ridge, 23-15 and 15 to nothing. Creekwood, 10-4 over Waverly. It was in boys' soccer on the pitch yesterday. Greenbrier, 2-1 winners over Franklin Road Academy. MLK, 2-1 over Green Hill. Laverne, 3-1 over Mount Juliet. Lawrence County, 7-4 over Higman County. Cookville and Lebanon. Played to a 2-2 draw. Page 4-1 over Nolensville. Harpeth, 9-0, shutting out Pearl Combe. Columbia and Rossview, they played and nobody scored. Scoreless draw there. Uh, also, weather could have uh, helped in that case as well. CPA 5-2 over White House. Smyrna 3-2 over Wilson Central. College baseball, it was Tennessee, a big over Alabama A&M, 14-1. And Louisville, best at Vanderbilt at the Hawk, 1-0. Uh, Chris, I, I turned on SEC Network at, um, I don't know, it was maybe 7:30. 7.45, maybe maybe it was 8. I think it was 8. Game was already over. That thing went in a hurry. As one when nothing games, will do yeah, that. Yeah, it did. <laughs> went in a hurry. Louisville got the win. Uh, Braves yesterday lost both of the doubleheaders, 5-4 to four and 2 to nothing, and the sounds fell. Currently 0-0 zero, currently zero, zero in the top of the 6th. Oh, another day the game. The Braves have the bases okay. loaded with one out. Come on, Bravos. Uh, sounds fell to Norfolk seven to four last night. NHL, the Preds uh, gave up five in the opening period and went on to lose seven to two to Colorado and the Avalanche lead that's best of seven Western Conference playoffs, one game to none. And in the NBA, the Memphis Grizzlies and John Morant with a 106 101 thriller in um. At the FedEx Forum last night, that series tied at 1-1 as they head west to San Francisco later this week. Uh, high school baseball schedule today. We've got East Robertson in Cheatham County at 5 o'clock. 6 o'clock, you'll see Warren County, Watertown, 6.30. Rossview hosts Hendersonville. Lipscomb Academy at Brentwood Academy today. Also, NBA Innsworth, Pope John Paul at Father Ryan. And Antioch at Cane Ridge. Check your local front offices for start times there. Softball, 4.30 this afternoon. A trio of games, including Gallatin hosting Hunters Lane, Lipscomb Academy at Harpeth, and Brentwood Academy at Ravenwood at 5 today. Nolensville will be at Blackman at 5.30. Spring Hill welcomes Independence. 6 o'clock, Rockville at Forest, and then McGavick will be taking on Hendersonville. Uh, check your local times there. 
Uh, the South tonight will send Lynn Bloom to the mound at 635 against Norfolk and Reyes. And uh, that is your Wednesday Rundown. Short schedule. Short. Travis Darno at the plate for the Braves in the top of the sixth. One out. Um, and Ottavino just placed Ottavino <laughs> just placed Travis McGill. Uh, who had he completed his ninth consecutive hitless inning okay. in the fourth, and then the Braves got one in the fifth and three in the sixth against him. So he nine innings is as far as he can go with uh, with the hitless streak. But technically, he had a nine inning no hitter. So well done, Travis McGill. I guess two different teams. But he was part of that uh, Mets team that no hit Philly last week in the combined there. So interesting to say the least. Um, We'll come back and talk to Heather Williams of WCYB TV and talk some NASCAR. So stick around on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joints. Going to be a good one. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990. Or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931 388 8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931 388 5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931 388 5731 and schedule your tour today. Are you an enthusiastic sports fan? Want to have fun and get in on the action? Heck yes, that'd be awesome. Have great attention to detail? Want to stay active? Definitely. Want to give back to the student athletes in your community? Obviously, yes. Then you'd make an excellent high school sports official. We need more officials in Tennessee. Because with no high school officials, there are no high school sports. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net.
Welcome back in Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. I'm Chris Yao. J.P. Plant is back in the Berg today. It's Wednesday, so as per usual, he's making sure all of those great podcasts get out. So, gotta love that. I'm, uh, always fun, J.P., to... Uh, catch up on all of the things happening on main street preps through those podcasts there's there's a lot going on and uh you can catch them uh right now debuting wednesdays at noon and one thursdays at noon and one uh we've got uh sumner county we've got robertson montgomery dixon cheatham uh davidson williamson all of that uh covered in some part or another in one of these podcasts so you'll find you something to to get some information on prep sports of the mid state, we got you covered. Yeah, where, wherever you get wherever you get your podcasts, mm-hmm. wherever you pay for your free podcast. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's time for now for our weekly visit with Heather Williams, WCYB TV, and Heather always a, a fantastic uh, opportunity to talk with you because we get to find out a little bit about what's going on in the NASCAR world. And this week, it's another oddity as we're racing on Mother's Day. Yeah, just breaking all the rules, right? All the traditions in the sport, we just throw them all out the window at once. Who needs tradition? (laughs) I mean, I guess it's overrated. I don't know. It's just NASCAR. (laughs) Yeah, just a a sport uh, rooted in tradition and and, uh, doing things – I wouldn't say the same way, but uh, similar every year. Yes, it it is what it is, you know. At this point, (laughs) we've got single lug nuts. We're racing on Easter and (laughs) and Mother's Day. I I don't even know what what is this sport becoming. Next thing you know, we're not even going to drink Budweiser. I I mean, my goodness. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's never going to happen. That's never going to (laughs) stop. Rest assured that will always be there right now. Speaking of single lug nuts, I thought we had this problem uh, at least somewhat curbed until the Monster Mile took care of some lug nuts and some tires went flying and some folks are getting suspended. So maybe they have not quite figured out the single lug nuts. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. You know, there's two sides to the story. It's kind of funny because if you were watching the uh, FS1 broadcast of the race, they were bragging on the 11 crew and how lightning quick their, their pit stops have been and how they were creeping towards that 10-second mark. And then, boom, a slug nut flies hmm. off and the tire flies off during a pit stop. And I don't think that had anything to do with them going too quick or anything. I ha- would have to watch it again. I've heard a lot of conversations about it. It sounds like it might have been more of a part failure, which kind of makes this suspension seem a little unfair to me in their case but I guess you know you have to be consistent but there does seem to be a problem it does seem to be a little bit more difficult than everybody anticipated in lining those because it's basically five lugs to make one and lining up those holes to hit that lug that one lug nut and, and get that in correctly is becoming proving to be more difficult than people thought it was and so you have the team screaming about the fact that it's hard to, to line those those pinholes up and then also NASCAR saying, well, just slow down, slow down and you'll be good. But I mean, who wants to go slower? It's racing. So um, something's probably going to have to happen. 
either the, either now or the teams are going to have to give because having the tire of the number 16 team bouncing in the corner with people going, you know, 150 miles an hour at Dover is not the safest thing in the world. So, like I said, something's going to have to give. Chase Elliott with the win last week at the Monster Mile and, you know, another great showing, of course, from uh, Trackhouse Racing. And, but, you know, we talked, we, we talked about this and, and we talked about how Hendrick's cars were going to figure it out. And obviously you saw the last year's winner, Alex Bowman, Kyle Larson in sixth and probably would have been higher if he hadn't wrecked. <laughs> um, but uh, Hendrick seems to be figuring it out now. They always do. The cream always rises to the top, right? I mean, for all the talk mm -hmm. about parity, and there has been a lot more parity in the sport, the smartest guys, the best guys still work at these organizations. Hendrick Motorsports, uh, Joe Gibbs Racing, although they're struggling a little bit to figure it out, they'll figure it out too. I mean, they're the best organizations they, for a reason. They have the best people, and they're going to always find an edge. Even within the slightest millimeters of rules that they have to work with, they're going to find that edge. Yeah, you know, and that's uh, obviously the Hendricks team is has always been kind of the class of NASCAR and for, for decades now. And that's kind of, I mean, you always expect that they're going to figure it out and find their way. But teams like Trackhouse, you know, with Ross Chastain, another top five finish, it just, it does seem like, you know, maybe there are going to be some uh, outside entities making a a a claim on uh, toward the end of the year as as the playoffs are concerned for sure i mean this card definitely represents an opportunity for teams because there is more of a parity um that are willing to put in the time the money and the investment that a hendrick does to get up there and compete and really not as much money as they would have had to in the past because these organizations aren't as big. They don't have as many people. But I think people forget about Trackhouse Racing. They're basically Chip Ganassi Racing, right? They mm -hmm. bought all their stuff. They basically hired all of their people. So they have a jump on some of these organizations like 2311 or Fire Motorsports or uh, College Racing just because of the fact that they had a lot of these parts and pieces already in place and specifically people. What's been impressive is the way that, that Justin uh, Mark and, and Ty Norris and Pitbull have been able to elevate Chip Ganassi Racing from a mid-level team to knocking on the door of being a top-tier team. That's what's been really impressive about what they've been able to do there. They seem to be taking that organization to the next level. Speaking of that particular team, they are... Well, and, and of course, with Ty Norris being involved, bringing out the 98 Earnhardt Japan schemes to Darlington this weekend should be interesting. Aren't those uh, with, sweet? Do what? Uh, those things are so I said, aren't those things sweet? Oh, absolutely. I love these. The, these two paint schemes are just phenomenal with the big polar bear on the <laughs> on the hood of the number one car. It's it's going to be 
uh it's gonna be cool to watch to watch that kind of go around the track so i'm i'm and then of course obviously the 99 of suarez who has been just phenomenal all year long as well so i i'm excited for i'm excited for darlington because they were that has always traditionally just kind of been um it's one of those mid-range tracks that that typically provides really good racing and it's not a an exact oval you know it has that kind of narrower banking at the, at the one end so what 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 to expect this weekend with the new cars at at Darlington i mean the unexpected two things i love about darlington first of all it's hard right it's a it's a hardcore hard racing track very physical for the drivers very hard to keep the car off the wall you know the thing the darlington stripe everybody uh comes out of it but then also you mentioned the paint schemes for track house racing the throwback paint schemes. i absolutely love this the spring race specifically because that is where now where they run the, the throwback paint schemes, and it's just mm-hmm. cool to see what people come up with and um, I saw somebody else post this on Facebook, and I wish I had thought of it first because it sums it up perfectly. It said, Trackhouse Racing understood the assignment. Like, their throwback schemes <laughs> are perfect. They're absolutely perfect. I mean, there's going to be some great paint schemes this weekend, and I haven't seen them all yet, but it's going to be hard to top those two for me uh, in the field. You know, it- I always like it when they find the random paint schemes from from popular drivers. I think Austin Cindric is is running a uh, a Rusty Wallace Kodak paint scheme, and it's like, oh crap! I forgot that Kodak was the Rusty Wallace sponsor. Like, I just don't associate that with him. You know, I associate Kodak with Ernie Irvin or something. But it's just it, it is awesome to yeah. watch. Or, it's a history absolutely. lesson. It's like a, it's like a little history lesson. It really is. And I think that's awesome, especially for in this stage of the sport where you have a lot of new fans coming in and they see these old school paint schemes and go, huh, let me go check that old car out. And then they see, you know, they see something like, or see a race from from the old days where they go, man, that that was really awesome. Sad that I'm a NASCAR fan, or it kind of allows you to get ingrained with some history. Yeah, for sure. The the car I want to see now is I want to see the throwback LW Wright car. Have you heard this story? LW Wright. You know what? I was going to ask you about this because a NASCAR con man, <laughs> LW Wright. What what what's going on there? Uh, he appears to have been found. Uh, two gentlemen that run a podcast that um, used to be involved in the old racing magazine for all the, the old hats out there, NASCAR scene. Um, these two guys, they have a podcast now, and they found a guy who claims he's L.W. Wright. Um, the podcast is fascinating. And for a little background for people that don't know, L.W. Wright is a guy, he it was from apparently Middle Tennessee, uh, bought a car from Sterling and Cuckoo Marlin, got into the race at Talladega, got black flagged after about 20 laps because he was running too slow and then apparently disappeared off the face of the earth. Um, 
But what's interesting about this podcast is that he pretty much rebuts everything that's ever been said about him legend-wise as far as owing money to people, um, which I think is fascinating because most of the people that he allegedly owes money to aren't around anymore. <laughs> Stay safe, Sterling. Um, so I don't know that anyone can rebut his point, you know, rebut his claim that he doesn't owe anyone any money, but it's, it's fascinating to listen to the man. Um, I think it's called, oh gosh, the name of the podcast. If you just Google LW Wright, it'll come up. Um, it, it's like scene, NASCAR scene podcast or something like that. Cause they're, they're guys that used to work for that, for that publication. Uh, the scene vault, that's what it's called. And it's, it's amazing. It's an amazing story. Gotcha. Yeah, absolutely. I think it would be uh, anyone should should go check that out. The the entire 1982 Winston 500 is on YouTube, by the way. So if you want to watch him actually run in the race, you can. So it, there's there's well, that. And the, um, yeah, and the, that race it, in and of itself is crazy because that's the first race that anyone broke the 200 mile mark in qualifying. Many persons. Mm -hmm. that for the first time in that race and that's not even the biggest story for the weekend so i mean it's amazing it it really is and this is the 40th anniversary so good for the scene vault podcast going to look for him and finding him well done oh man yeah. um Heather Williams of WCYB TV each Wednesday talking NASCAR. Heather, we appreciate your time as always and look forward to talking to you next week. And uh, you got to tell us who's going to win at the Darlington too tough to tame. They call it. Who's got, who's got the upper, yeah, upper hand. The, the lady in black is fickle with her dance partners. Uh, it's a really tough track. I could see a guy like Kevin Harvick coming in on top just because this is obviously a track that that's better on old veterans and Kevin needs a win but that team's not running particularly well nor are the Gibbs teams which those would probably be my normal favorites at a track like that um so I think I'm going to stick with the Hendrick Motorsports camp and go with Kyle Larson Kyle Larson. Well, he's certainly got the stamina to take care of it, and uh, he's he's strong, great driver. So it should be fun to watch this weekend. Uh, Heather, we appreciate as always. We will talk to you next week here on Main Street Sports yeah. Today. Yeah, and get Bo off the beach or wherever he is right now. Back he's on a boat. <laughs> on a boat <laughs> hanging out, and we are – and and we are not happy about it. I'm, I'm <laughs> jealousy reigns supreme here at Main Street Sports today. I promise you that. Well, it extends all the way up to Upper East Tennessee as well. I'm jealous. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. The Goodyear 400, 230 this Sunday on FS1. So check it out. We'll be back and we'll talk some Tennessee football and there's some other. Uh, JP, some, some other transfers that have made their choices known today. So stick around. Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint, comes back after this.
Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Gotcha now. Get Heather back on the phone. We need to. We need whatever. Whatever we were doing while the Braves scored seven runs in the sixth inning, we need to be doing that the rest of the show. (laughs) (laughs) I went to look and I was like, "Hey, the Braves scored. The Braves scored seven runs. Seven. And and now that Heather is off the phone, we've had a pair of doubles in a row, and it's now seven to one." In the bottom of the sixth. Mm. So, there's that. Finally found a good luck charm. Yeah, uh, we must have. We'll just have to have her on at all times. Oh, man. Let's talk a little college football here because uh, USC wide receiver Brew McCoy, former five-star recruit, former Texas uh So, he started at Texas. He transferred out of Texas, but then decided or entered the portal while at Texas. Decided to come back. Uh, somehow, I, I want to say this is maybe his third or fourth team mm. since since uh, his five star high school days came out of a uh, matter day, and apparently, again, former five star guy. So most everybody thinks that he can be phenomenal, and in in Josh Heupel's offense, he certainly could be a 
a possibility. Obviously, former USC receiver Velas Jones Jr. found his way and utilized Josh Heupel to up his draft status. So maybe Brew McCoy is number two. You know, this whole transfer, and, I, and we've been talking about it for mm-hmm. for several days, and, and it is a new frontier. How about that for a new analogy? Instead of the Wild Wild West, a go. new frontier? You think that's getting used it? quite a bit? <laughs> no doubt. Um, you know, Hypo, yeah, he's he's um, he's turning some heads, getting some, uh, some big names. Now, Tennessee has done this uh, a few times in this low turn of um, – uh, of this time of Tennessee where they've been kind of below par from their expectations. They've had high recruits, five-star recruits. Many of those five stars and, and others have not panned out. So getting high quality or at least high recruited players to Knoxville has not been that big of an issue. It's getting the right ones. And hopefully Heupel is a different coach, obviously, Hopefully his evaluation process is going to be a little better well, than the previous coaches. And that may be, have been, has been the issue is that the previous helms at the university of Tennessee have not been good evaluators and, or not see, good I, I coaches to bring them up. That's what I think the problem has been. I think they've evaluated their talent just fine. I think they've had talented players. I don't think they have elevated those players to yeah. power five sec level Football players, you can have raw talent all day yeah. long, but if you aren't coached to be a, an SEC football player, you're not going to be successful. Yeah, and it's hard to judge and that's that when where they I think it, the problem's been. Yeah, and it's hard to judge that when they don't pan out because you ask yourself, well, either they didn't coach what was them. It? Yeah, was, was it the coaching or was it the poor evaluation? I think you're probably accurate that it is more towards the coaching. The wins weren't there. So, I mean, that kind of falls in line with that. Well, to me, I look at, I look at that year, the Josh Dobbs senior year, yeah, with with Juwan Jennings and you know the way that that team just superseded the poor coaching of Butch Jones to just will their way to to wins on a football field, yeah, and they were just so much more talented that they couldn't lose or they had the will to win more than they wanted to or then they wanted to lose so it just felt like you look at the rest of the butch jones era and you go why couldn't those teams have done that well it's because they didn't have josh dobbs and Juwan jennings willing them to win yeah that's why so and and jeremy pruitt was a disaster from from the day he stepped on campus clearly i mean his first his first press conference was terrible and it didn't get any better from there. Yeah, he's one of the rare uh, rare occasions where they did not win the press conference, right? Yeah, they won the announcement, and then he came in and just said, oh. <laughs> it's kind of hard not we, to we win the doing, press conference. We were doing good? Mm-hmm. No, nah, let, let's let's do something different. So, <laughs> you know, it, it, it happens, but it's luckily that's not a situation anymore. Now – what the way he left the program, and we still haven't seen anything from the NCAA on that regard. Who knows? Um, we'll see. But Brew McCoy will be suited up in Tennessee Orange, and he'll join Gerald Mincy, who transferred from Florida, an offensive lineman, Georgia Tech defensive back Wesley Walker, 
And former Innsworth star Andre Turrentine comes from uh, Ohio State back to the volunteer okay. state. So that, okay. that's a pretty big get. Uh, Andre Turrentine was a, a, a very good player for Ohio State, and he will spend his grad year at uh, Tennessee. So uh, A transfer grad, huh? Okay. So I, I, think that's a, I think that's great for Tennessee. And, again, it just shows that uh, – Josh Heupel taking advantage one of, you know, the way that he coaches, and two, there's no question that NIL probably has something to do with, at least a little bit, with uh, Andre Turrentine and pot- potentially Brew McCoy, because the 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 collective that Tennessee is using has certainly been talked about amongst players. You can bet. You, you don't. You don't think Ohio State has. NIL deals out the wazoo. I don't. They don't. They don't currently have a collective like Tennessee does. They got people so, with you know, money, the, right? No, no. I'm. I'm just saying. But, but see, the way that Tennessee, the way that that company with Tennessee has has connected, they're actually able to take some of the players who maybe aren't getting the big deals because they're not stars, right? So even. Andre Turrentine, who's maybe not a first-round draft pick type guy, is still going to get a lot more money because it's a collective instead of because it's, you know, because some car dealership wants to give him a bunch of money. What's what's Turrentine's uh, grad degree no going idea. for? No idea. The thing is with all this, there are a thousand different reasons why, why kids are transferring. Could be he wants to get back in his home state. Could be there's a... Uh, a particular degree at Tennessee could be he likes that style of offense. I think a lot of that is the style of offense. Well, he's a DB, so yeah. But uh, you know, and and so so who knows? Playing time, playing time, <laughs> playing time probably has playing a time lot to do be, with that. Yeah, yeah. He may not be able to compete as much at Ohio State for playing time in the defensive backfield. Uh, and maybe there were there are some openings and at any, Tennessee. So who knows? And anybody who watched Tennessee's bowl game last year knows that <laughs> if you're a defensive back, it's a spot you can you can play for. You think there's room? So is that what you're saying? There's room to there's room to improve in the defensive backfield yeah. at Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. All right, let's take a break because I want to hear about your weather issues yeah. at, at <laughs> halftime. So tell me about that when we come back. Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint, returns after this. <laughs> 